0: Welcome to Sidetrack. I'm your host Dennis Kaminsky, Here today with my guest, Dominic Sclafani. How y'all doing? I'm doing good, my man. That last name's still a bitch to me.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an old Sicilian name. Very very few people can pronounce it correctly. I got to be in the family.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> you get the dialect ro- or yeah. dialect when you're around mom and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I got It's your, the Scla. Sclafani. I know. I keep wanting to say Schlafani for some reason.
1: Yeah. I always get Sclafini. Scalfini. Sc- Scalfini is what I was
0: getting. Scalfini, I can see Scalfini yeah. too. I got your uh number saved in my phone as Dominic Scalabasis because my phone decided not nah, fuck that when I started was typing in Brian, your last name.
1: Scalabasis, a uh, basketball player?
0: I believe so. That sounds about right.
1: Wasn't he the red haired guy?
0: Calabasas. Uh, recently? Maybe oh, maybe you're talking about names. the red mamba? I don't know. Oh, I, I forgot what the guy's him, name so. is off the top of my head. Brian Scalabrini. That's, that's who you're talking that's about. What I'm talking yeah, about. yes, yes, yes. That's funny. Ryan Scalabrini. He looks like Michael Rappaport to me. Yes. Which is crazy cuz yeah. Michael Rappaport can hoop. He used to be a really good basketball player. Isn't That's You like he was... always
1: shit talking basketball players these days? That's
0: why he's got yeah. a little bit of credentials I I suppose.
1: I like Michael Rappaport.
0: He's pretty good in some yeah. movies. He's a like a journeyman. Wise-ass. Yeah, he yeah. kind of he Bill fits Burr his role almost. He is a little bit like Bill yeah. Burr, a little less funny.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, he's like a second rate Bill Burr.
0: I feel like he's been around for longer than Bill Burr too, so that sucks. It's hard to say though.
1: I oh, I feel like I've known Bill Burr for way longer.
0: Bill Burr was a writer on the Chappelle show, so to yeah. me that automatically enhances his legend. I didn't legend. know that, goddamn. Yeah, Bill Burr, Donnell Rawlings, uh, Charlie Murphy worked on the show a lot too. Charlie Murphy, RIP Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Charlie, that man, that I love Charlie Murphy. That cast is so talented. It
1: is. I was I did not know that was on Netflix till the other day, and I've been rewatching it and I'm like this is just the best stuff ever. In my opinion,
0: it's peak sketch comedy. It like gets as funny as it humanly gets to me. Yeah. Because it's know. not like Saturday Night Live where it's like you get two good skits an episode and you just have to put them all together in a five-year yeah, period.
1: consistently pumps out good Man, skits.
0: Man, even his bad sketches, he's just got so much charisma that he carries some lines over to the point where you got to laugh a little bit.
1: I, I can't even think of some of his because I, I, every episode I've watched, all of them were good. And I'm like, and it's the first season, so obviously he's not oh, in yeah. the
0: Oh yeah, he's pretty consistent across the yeah. board. The one sketch that I've seen, I used to, uh, on when I had the PlayStation 3, I would buy episodes off the PlayStation store. And I bought a few episodes of The Chappelle Show and South Park. So oh, I've nice. beaten some of those episodes into the ground. So there's a sketch in The what Chappelle Show. What South Park episodes? Uh, the China Problem. Which is that where Butter shoots somebody in the yeah, dick? Yeah, when he starts going Classic. shooting everybody in the dick. Uh, the episode where Tom Cruise locks himself in the closet. The Scientology is the, one of my favorite episodes. Yep. And then uh, the episode with Towley. I think it's the first episode with Towley. Where they but want it's, the Okama Game Sphere. Yeah, and it's mainly because there's that scene when when they get out of the car and they get to the plant for the first time and he starts pressing with the dial pad. Do, 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 and he's do, like, do, I think do, I got do, it. Do, 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 like, do. you got the code? He's like, nope, this that's the sound movie. of Funky Town. I love Towelie. Yeah, that shit made me laugh. South Park is,
1: to me, the greatest comedy. Like, there, there's no way you can argue that, like, show wise.
0: In terms of writing, it's really hard to disagree I because bet. their storytelling is so creative.
1: The way that they wrap up feel goods with, like, the most ridiculous humor. You can have somebody just shitting their pants all over the place. But then 15 seconds later, you like, God damn, this really hit me up. They made Satan, like, his death when he fights the man bear pig. I felt very touched. They redeem Satan.
0: They do a great job. How on the fuck Satan. do you redeem yeah. Satan? He's such a good they character. He's so good. And uh, there was an episode I was watching not too long ago because we went back and started <clears> the <throat> series from the beginning uh, when it was still over on Hulu because it's on HBO Max now exclusively, right? Yeah. Fuck HBO Max. Um, um, I've never had it. I can't speak That's good or bad on it. The,
1: like I got it because I saw it was on there. It that makes one of the sense. Big yeah. I, got it. I actually <laughs> think HBO Max for its value is the best. How much streaming. is it? I think it's 15 bucks a month, but you get all of HBO's library. And you get a bunch of TCM like classic. There's a bunch of samurai movies which are hard to find. Oh, that's awesome. There's a bunch of uh, anime for I'm not a huge anime fan, but there's a lot of anime. I know
0: they got the DC Cartoon stuff Network, on there on and DC off stuff. Cartoon Network. I don't I'd,
1: understand how they're pulling like why would you have I think they have Aquaman and they're pulling Aquaman off. I don't understand it, that business model.
0: I'd, it to me I don't understand it either because I, I noticed Disney has a tendency to do stuff like that too, yeah. where they're rotating their catalog. And you I think own it's it. exactly Netflix,
1: it makes sense. We lost the rights. Uh, yeah. And
0: they have to negotiate. And okay, Friends is going over to Peacock. So in five years, when Peacock's dead, we're going to get it back. Don't worry. But for the next few years, you guys got to watch Community. Over on HBO Max, I feel like you can't even hold back all of your shit because you're so far behind. Yeah. That it's it's I understand you don't want people to come in and watch every that's honestly kind of what I did with Disney Plus. Within the first month, I went back and rewatched the four movies that I kinda wanted to rewatch on Disney Plus, and then I was okay. But in fairness, I also wasn't a giant Disney person growing up. I didn't really watch any of the TV shows or anything. So there's just a few Pixar movies yeah. that I wanted to see. Once I got done watching them, it was like, all right, when Mandalorian's done this year, I'm gonna probably wrap up. And then I'm going to re-get it, the month show wraps up, and then I'm going to go back and watch the whole season. That's
1: exactly what I did with Star Trek with CBS All Access. That's
0: smart, because CBS All Access and is garbage. trash. Yeah, that's the okay. worst one. And they got the Twilight and, Zone. And Star Trek was trash. Oh, Discover? Both of them. What was the other? Oh, Picard. Uh, Picard as well? Yeah, I've heard but negative things. now they have
1: some animated show where it looks like they're doing a Rick and Morty in Star Trek, and it's just terrible.
0: Which is what, that's why Rick and Morty works so well. Star
1: Trek is in the worst shape. Like, oh, bl- yeah. They made it just so bad.
0: You know what's crazy? The last really, I, I really liked Star Trek Beyond. It was
1: uh, a good one.
0: I thought the reason I liked it was, I thought the- Who directed that one? It was Justin Lin, I believe, right?
1: With The Fast and Furious guy? Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. And uh, the first two Star Treks with J.J., I thought took themselves a little bit too seriously, at least in my opinion. Like, I
1: liked the first one because I liked the first it was one a Star more. Wars movie and I'm a Star Wars fan. I can you, see that. But yeah. now, because like, that was actually the first Star Trek thing I ever really watched and okay. then i went and watched the original series after that and i was like wow yeah, this is I way know. better so i mean i guess it was good for that but i like yeah, now that i know the other star treks i'm like it's not that
0: good do you have a preference on star trek in regards to time oh, original periods? original series okay so captain kirk to me is He's the your fucking captain. man oh, no yeah. disrespect I would to picard man into the depth have ship. you watched the picard stuff what is that officially called oh, star next trek generation? next generation oh yeah next yeah. generation
1: is great oh. that probably has the best cast the best crew like all around but next generation or, uh, original series to me just like the concepts back then for old 60s 60, sci- 60 sci-fi was off
0: the charts visually it's the most impressive to me too i know it's not the best in regards to special effects but their costumes pop perfect it looks beautiful yes. like it looks like star trek to me compared and to the, the rest story of them
1: and the storylines are just so good and each one is like i like that they're all individual wrapped up episodes all the star treks are like that but next generation gets some some arcs and some long
0: that, to that point, that's why I liked Beyond so much, is because the first two films felt like they were trying too hard to build a franchise, and Beyond just felt like a, a random side adventure, yeah. like an episode of Star Trek. We just story. so happened to stumble into this situation. Oh, fuck, we got to go save our I crew. I like
1: the bug uh, things at the end. I don't like swarm bugs in movies. Oh, I, it's lazy, I agree. Yeah. Like at the
0: end of Guardians of the Galaxy, where they yeah. have all those ships connect to that. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that type of stuff. I don't either. I don't like shit clouds. They did that in Green Lantern. Yes, that's the worst ever. 4. Yep. Uh, Galactus, yeah, and they butchered him. A shit cloud, yeah, I know that's not very intimidating either. No. and Galactus I've... is pretty like if I
1: saw a giant purple dude with, fuck yeah, eye beams and thing, I'm like, all right, well, I'm a little bit more scared than a shit cloud.
0: I know. I think that's one of the things that Hollywood's really fucked up on in the last few years. Creature and design. It's the final act. Because yeah. they try to go a little too epic. They don't know how to end movies. Exactly. And I think, uh, I'd, obviously I know the joke's been beaten to death, but the Avengers legitimately started a Skybeam trend that went on for the, I mean, it's still going on now, where at the end of the movie, they'll open a portal into something. They end, uh, the Ninja Turtles movie ends like that too. And there's a few other really bad, lazy movies, yeah. but there's just a big fucking beam of light. Are
1: you the Ninja Turtles lazy? Uh, yeah, shocking.
0: I know. How dare the, you? The Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. They were talking about you, but that's why I was like, what? No, You're no, about no. The portal.
0: No. No, <laughs> now the, see, they did it right. On the top of a fucking building, it's one on or I guess four on one. Yeah, it was a shredder. That's And what they, go they handle like it the way that it needs about. to. Yeah. I haven't seen
1: the Michael Bay. I forgot that even. That's existed. a good call. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, you made the right decision. I
1: love Ninja Turtles. Me and my yeah. sister would be late to school every morning because we would not leave till that cartoon was done. And they were, my teachers were just like, all right, well, I guess we got to deal with this. You so you got this. a favorite Ninja Turtle? I'm a, where the fuck my I, Donatello,
0: purple. Donatello? I ad, I'm admittedly not a big enough fan to distinguish who they are based off of how they look. Which one uses swords? Leonardo, blue. I'm going with Leonardo then because he's got the coolest weapons to me.
1: Yeah, Donatello is a bow staff. It's not very impressive. I just feel the most, like,
0: connection to I'm the character. I'm also a
1: Michelangelo. He's orange. That's my favorite color. I don't know. All I understand.
0: Yeah, that's where my issue was. My favorite color was green.
1: Well, that's. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So <laughs> You just love all of them.
0: That's how I felt the whole time. Splinter was great. Yeah, he's the shit, man. He's That's the real... That's who I want to get trained by. Yeah. He's you, the real Mr. Miyagi. Where
1: are all the senseis at? We, we need senseis in America. I need some discipline here. And in
0: film, that's such a good way to progress the story yeah. is to have a wise person teaching somebody something. And it feels like in movies... And not have them on an island crying and yeah, wanting I everybody to die. I think and... It's really interesting because I think it reflects society right now where young people and old people, there's a generational war. Going on. Yes. And you can see it within storytelling because instead of like, when you go back and you watch Yoda, right? Like, it's learn from your elders. This guy is, is all knowing. He's been around for as long as anything in the universe has. He can teach you the ways. Well, in today's storytelling, it's a little more. They don't know what they're talking about. We're, they need to listen yeah. to us kids, and it's a really interesting to see it play and I out. I think
1: that's the biggest fault in youth, almost, is you think you know more than people that have been around mm. and have seen this more than you have.
0: Every generation. And we've all, every every yeah.
1: single person goes through so I've went through everybody goes through it.
0: I'm still probably in that phase.
1: Me too, for sure. Because I am still the think I know more than my
0: parents sometimes. and That's where I'm at as you well. You learn like, oh yeah. shit, they were right. I'm very incorrect. Anytime I learn a new detail about my mom's life, I'm like, oh damn it. Now I see. Like, yeah, that makes, makes so much sense, yeah. exactly. It's they're, interesting when you get to reflect on well, shit like the that. the things that happen to
1: them as kids and, and their life affects them just like it does us. I mean, oh, yeah, you, absolutely. I mean, sometimes I feel like you disconnect from other people that, like, we're all going through crazy things and experiencing the world and oh yeah, trying our best.
0: That's why communication is key, man. And yeah. and I think that that's one of the things that's that That's
1: why I... it's so scary. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, yeah, that's why ahead. it's so scary that they're
0: cutting it away. Like... That's, that's why I like it's this. Terrifying. That's why I like podcasts. Is yeah, because... The like, last bastion of American freedom. I know, man. We're fighting for it yeah. right now. And it's such a free conversation, and people are engaged by it. It's crazy, because when you think about it, you go back and you watch television shows about the exact same subjects that people are doing podcasts on, and you realize that the biggest limitation was... You didn't let it have time to like explain. You tried to rush everything into sound bites, yeah. and people respond a lot better to long-form content. Yeah, they learn more. Well,
1: I mean, complex ideas take time to talk about You can't just soundbite everything. Everything has to be, th- I and mean, you have to think about things. You have to yeah. really be like, well, what were they talking about? Are they do this? Does that make sense? Because you can never think that you know everything. You will never know everything.
0: Yeah, it's humanly impossible. It's, and
1: that's the, I think what drives humans insane the most. And everything's not, to done know everything and not done yet. And we're not done with everything.
0: That's the biggest thing. Oh, is yeah. every year there's a trillion new things that people then have to learn. And yeah.
1: Well, yeah, the way that science has just exploded in the last fifty years is insane. Yeah, I know.
0: The last twenty years, even social media. Of the I was looking back. We were watching. Uh, me and my fiance were watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And in 1997, I believe, is when the show debuted. About two seasons in, so I guess is there about 98, 99. That's when Spike first comes on season
1: three, right? Yeah, season two in Spike. I fucking love Spike. Yeah, Yeah, he's a great character.
0: But while we're watching, I'm looking, and I'm like, damn, dude, this is like five years before MySpace. And it feels like it's generations before technology. But in real time, I think MySpace came out in 2003, if I remember correctly. This is five years before MySpace, and there's an episode... Uh, in the first season, where Willow's got to hack into the mainframe or something in a computer, and they're all like, "You can do that." And this is five years before MySpace, and you look at where we're at today with technology, yeah. and it feels like I'm watching a show from like the '40s or '50s yeah. or something, because it seems like it's just such a dated concept. But then you realize, Dude,
1: I love '90s hackers. I'm in.
0: Oh, I know always. they're awesome. They're just yeah, always just Swordfish. Pressing those
1: keys with uh,
0: Hugh Jackman. That was a
1: great. I, I like that movie.
0: That movie's. Weird, if I remember correctly. But the one where
1: he gets a BJ while he's trying to.
0: That's how they test him. They want yeah. to make sure that he can handle any pressure. So they suck. I his...
1: love over the top John Travolta. You give me that, I'll watch it.
0: Yeah, that if I remember correctly, that movie is only famous because they paid Halle Berry a ton of money to pull her boobs out.
1: Makes sense. I, I don't remember. Even remember that though.
0: Yeah. They, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. It was like a story, if I remember correct. Like, hey, she's gonna get naked in this movie, so you guys just come come and see it. I've always come, thought come she was a terrible it. actress. Halle Berry. She's just not very good. I can't say I've never seen Monsters Ball, and I know that's supposed to be her. I best might be basing it off the James Bond movie
1: because that was that's one of fair the enough. main things I've seen her in. But that was just... yeah,
0: Catwoman. I've seen her in Catwoman, Ooh, and obviously that up, wasn't yeah, that very was strong. One.
1: That's why I said that. Never mind. I stand by that statement. To
0: be honest, I don't know if I've ever seen a Halle Berry movie.
1: At all? Yeah, I know Monsters Ball is supposed to be good, but I've never seen that one.
0: Like, I've seen Catwoman.
1: Gothica? Ooh.
0: Oh, I've seen Gothica. That's horrible, too. Yeah. yeah that movie was really bad. I used to have that on DVD. I thought that movie... I remember... How do we all
1: end up with such terrible horror movies on DVD? Because I have, like, a ton of them. How do I own this movie?
0: You know what it is? It They're looks cheap. like a good one. Yeah. Because that's what Gothica looks like. The marketing? It looks like the Rings cover. Yeah. Like it was around the same yeah, time frame, so that. they did similar marketing. So my guess is people in my house Isn't were Robert
1: like Robert Downey Jr. in that one.
0: Gothica, probably. It's been a long time so. since I've seen like that a movie. Crazy or I remember, yeah, she's locked in the mental home. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. the. I remember the cover is just Gothica carved into her arm. Because I yeah, think there's, there's something like some in the film where right? she carves into her body as well. The early
1: two thousands had some terrible horror movies. Yeah, I know it's really bad. You know what's a terrible horror movie? I love Thirteen Ghosts.
0: I have a soft spot for that as well. Ah, that was around the, when the, I was a kid. The
1: creature designs in that one are so cool. Like the ghosts themselves. There's and it's got cla- Matthew Lillard. It's got Monk. Underrated Matthew Lillard. I love Matthew Lillard.
0: <laughs> He's the hero in that movie. He sacrifices yeah. himself.
1: Getting a little woozy here, man.
0: Oh, he yeah, hands scream. Yeah.
1: My, uh, you went he, too deep, man. My sister met him at a convention. He's supposed to be like super, super nice.
0: Oh, that sounds about yeah. right. I've seen videos of him doing Shaggy for kids.
1: That sounds cool. So not a I'm, big. He seems like Scoo- a nice that's guy. Of you didn't goofy like Man. the James
0: Gunn ones? Did he do that? James Gunn did both of those movies. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince them Jr. I kind of remember that. Yeah. It it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, because it's goofy and, and yeah, and no, Guardians was a better I, spot for him. The
1: first one was okay. The second one was absolute trash.
0: I thought when I was a kid, I was ecstatic for the second one because I was pretty young at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're gonna do monsters I've heard of. Because I was honestly, when I was a kid. It's the thing I didn't love about the first one because I didn't know the story yet. Was, yeah, so and when I found out it was Scrappy the at the end, the first ones were on the island, right? Yeah, when they're on the yes. island and Scrappy's the bad guy. Yeah, that and that's part was really that's weird. what I didn't like about it. Is that was my favorite when I was a kid, and I found out afterwards I was in a very small minority on that because apparently when he joined the cartoon, it was like that uh, cousin on the Brady Bunch that Oliver. ruined the show. Was that kid's name Oliver? Yeah, Cousin Oliver. So that's kind of how Scrappy was for Scooby. Apparently, I didn't know that. I love Scrappy-Doo. I do, too. I always thought he was popular. Apparently not. People despised
1: him when he joined the show. See, I remember watching a different... It wasn't actually Scooby-Doo. It was like
0: a different show that he was on. I feel like they were younger. They oh, they have a show like that when they're kids. Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that he one, too. He was on
1: that, and I feel like he was great on that show.
0: He was good on that. They probably found his like Rhythm. place. Because I yeah. remember on the old cartoon, he's just kind of his little cousin that comes in really and remember. fucks See, everything I've up. I've
1: only seen the old ones way a long time ago.
0: I used to watch the shit out of Hanna-Barbera when I was a kid. I know. I what was it? I... Boomerang. Boomerang was this channel.
1: So I didn't have. I wish I had access to Man, it. Man, I used to watch I bought the first two seasons on DVD because my niece loved Scooby-Doo. And I was like, well, i got to get the classics.
0: How many episodes would that be? Do you remember? It's
1: like 40 some I want to say. That
0: sounds about right. Yeah. It's pretty that's not, cool. it's That's a good amount of.
1: Yeah, those are good episodes. Hell yeah. And Zombie Islands on Netflix.
0: Oh, the movie? Yeah, yeah I remember one. that. I used to watch that all the time. Which was the one that came out first? What was the Scooby Doo movie that went to theater? Was it Zombie Island? I, be- I don't know, because there was one with an like alien. a Vampire School. Oh, there was vamp- also one with aliens that I used to have on VHS.
1: I don't think it was that one. I think that was later.
0: Okay. That's probably why I had it on VHS. Yeah. It probably went straight to VHS, probably. straight into my. Yeah, they VCR didn't get player. a lot
1: pumped out into the theater. It used to be a lot harder to do that. That's
0: how Pokemon was, too. I remember going yeah, and seeing the first, one, the first sure. one. I also saw Pokemon 2000 in theaters uh, with the birds.
1: Yeah, I believe I saw that one.
0: I fell asleep in that movie. I remember that. That was a weird experience I waking up.
1: I used to like a, the first so many of those, and then they started falling off. I know recently Pokemon
0: Pikachu man. just talked.
1: Yeah, I wasn't around for that. I don't so, know about all that. I don't Are you talking about wanna... the Ryan Reynolds thing? Well, that as well, but that I mean on terrible. the
0: cartoony talks. Yeah, no, I'm not. In so it. I'm out, or I'm sorry, the anime before anybody throws a fucking egg at my house. Anime,
1: you have to say. I think it's an animation. they'll really get pissed off. Yeah, I'm not a big Weebo's. anime person.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big anime person, but I do have like an appreciation for the shows that I have watched. I've watched Dragon Ball Z, and I enjoyed it. I watched the Indigo League, which is the first Pokemon, if I remember correct, and then I watched. Uh, I don't know if Avatar is not technically a Japanese animation, but I mean it checks all the boxes to me. I feel like yeah, it hits it. And it's a fantastic show.
1: My my roommate is obsessed with anime, but I'm watching uh, Cowboy Bebop.
0: I've heard that's a great show as well. You
1: would probably like that one because it's like it actually feels like a movie. It feels so cinematic and like it just feels cool.
0: It's also supposed to have a great soundtrack, if I remember correctly. Pretty jazzy. You love
1: jazz, you'll be into it. But uh, just. The way that they, because I think that space travel especially is perfect for animation because you can do anything. Yeah, you can go to any universe. Yeah. Special effect. And so it's just really cool to see some of the concepts they come up with. And some of them, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's like, it's a space casino. It just floats around. Oh, yeah.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Especially in, I was, for me, when I was growing up, I watched a lot of cartoons. So as I got older, it, I don't know, it felt more engaging. Like it felt like I graduated from cartoons into uh, live action if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I was very, re- when I was a kid, I was pretty restricted on some of the live action stuff that I would watch because I was a kid, so it was just more, you know, easier yeah. to dive into the cartoon stuff. But okay. once I started getting into, like, films and stuff, because I, I used to hate movies with people in them, and then I think once I finally...
1: That's a weird uh, <laughs> thing to, like, you hated people, hated movies with people in them? Yeah, like, I would so watch... You hated live action, you just only watch cartoons?
0: Or it had to be real, like, I would watch The Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. I would watch Star Wars. It had to be really far out there for me. so like real, like, so you want like a fantasy world. Exactly. That's how
1: I feel nowadays. I don't (laughs) want any movies with real world people. Well,
0: then I learned I love movies with real world people, and then it made it harder to jump back in for a while, but in the last, I don't know, probably six months or so, I feel like I've been getting really uh, big back into like the more mystical stuff. Yeah. Because it was hard, like for a few years... Uh, that's, I think the Star Wars movies just came out at the wrong time for me. The most recent the trilogy, ones?
1: uh, they came out the wrong time for I know they did, they're horrible movies, yeah.
0: But even when Force Awakens, like I remember leading into it being like, okay, man, I've been spending the last few years of my life talking about cartoons too much, so there's a part of me that's kind of already against this whole process yeah. right now, like, I'm ready for something.
1: You really got into Pixar and all that, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: And at that time, too, I was starting to learn about other films. like that. In 2014, the year before uh, Force Awakens, I went to the movies to see more movies than I'd ever seen in my entire life. Is that when you were at Cinemark? uh, No, I actually started at Cinemark a year after, and that killed movies for me for a few (laughs) years altogether, which is sad. Don't ever work where you love. Hell no. Especially if you Mm -hmm. like eating there, don't ever work there. Oh, yeah, because then you learn the the recipe.
1: Well, it's, it's just you'll also be there every day, and you'll learn to hate it. It will just very be true. etched into your brain as I hate this place.
0: Admittedly, that's how I am with the, the theater now. Like, when I go, there's just a part of me that gets stressed that feels like I have to maintain it still. But it's especially depressing when you go in there. And, okay, so I had a, an experience probably, like, six months after I stopped working at the movie theater. And I was going to see, funny enough, it was uh, Big with uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And they were just doing a classic series thing, and I,
1: I wish that see that's what's gonna save movies. Like I love that that is, they do those.
0: You can never top those experiences, no. and those movies are always better. And especially the
1: movies that you never got to see the first. Exactly. Time. Like, yes, I finally got to see Nightmare on Elm Street on the big series. screen yes. and the
0: experience. Everybody's gotta pay attention. You don't have to worry about your and sister even like, on the phone.
1: Like Jurassic Park was a huge one for me because they did it in 3D. I want to say not too long ago, and that one I never saw. As it kicks, I was three, I think, when that came out.
0: Yeah, 93, yeah, 94 I was three.
1: So, like, uh, I never got to see that when I was a kid. So to finally see Jurassic Park, that was a huge deal oh, yeah. for me.
0: I got to see uh, Halloween in theaters.
1: I, that's one I'd like and to see. And to me, that was it was the, the most
0: incredible experience ever because it enhanced the shit out of the movie. And in my opinion, that's already the best horror movie ever made. It's, it's up there. Yeah, it's, The it, thing is pretty... Both John Carpenter I know, classics. I know. It's hard to argue between those two. I think I like it the most because... There's I, always a, a Halloween element to horror movies that yeah. enhance them a little bit.
1: Well, I feel like Halloween is just such the staple. Like exactly. Everybody's seen Halloween. Absolutely. Everybody knows that it. it's, Michael it's Myers what I'm afraid is of. the ultimate boogeyman. Exactly. That's why like, it was cool for the new Halloween. It felt like, all right, Michael Myers is back. Like, people were talking about him. He was making an impact on the culture again. And that was exciting because you really didn't see that. Rob Zombie kind of did it in the first one. People were excited for that one. The second one was...
0: I know. It's... <sighs> It's crazy how a character like that, which I don't think they put that much thought into initially. Like I don't think the plan was for him to ever be no this icon or anything like no. that. He was just supposed to be a weird, deranged dude. Do- Have you ever seen the? But uh, that
1: is the American Boogeyman. Oh, absolutely. Weird, deranged, especially in the seventies. I mean, when you had Jeffrey Dahmer, you had I was I think Gacy was around. Like, oh, that's yeah. One of it was most seventy-eight, Ted right? It was uh, a yeah.
0: Halloween seventy-eight.
1: Yes, yeah, year after Star
0: Wars. Yep. So, well, have you ever seen a short film that he did uh, before that? It's got a similar concept I've seen.
1: I feel like my friend, my friend's obsessed with horror and I feel like he really? showed it to
0: me. I, it's worth watching just for the fact that when you, uh, you see some of the concepts in the movie, there's a lot of similar, uh, it's about a stalker. It's just like a weird, I don't know if I remember what Is it's Is it called
1: about. Babysitter?
0: I believe it's, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically the opening of Halloween in a lot of areas where it's just like, it's a POV of a dude staring through a window at like pervy stuff like and you see a lot of Michael Myers in it already like you can see that yeah. this is like the blueprint for Halloween and it's really interesting to see cuz he kind of got to do a lot of practice shots and get an idea of uh That's one thing I liked that
1: about the newer movie. At first I was very like why are they changing the lore of him not being her brother? Like why are they not related? But then when you watch it, the original one it changes it's like because I always because when I grew up, it's always been it's her brother. We never got to see it the original way.
0: We started watching six movies deep, yeah. so it's harder to be like,
1: Yeah, I, Halloween H2O was actually one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Scream and H2O were like what got me into horror, so I feel like that's why I'm so into like slasher movies. Yeah, to me, early on, like that's what horror movies were, but like, so H2O was like. Halloween was big to me like Michael Myers has always been a huge part of like horror movies to me. So like we yeah like I said we never got to see the original way that he was supposed to be portrayed. He's just this random person. She shows up at his house and he starts following her and he just starts murdering everybody around her.
0: Have you ever seen Hush? Hush? Hush. No. I think you would really like that movie. I would suggest watching it on Netflix. That made me, because I actually, I don't know if you remember, but when you went and saw the, the recent Halloween movie, we had a conversation and I told you I completely disagreed. I thought them being brother and sister made it such a more interesting story. Um, I've seen Hush a few times since, and when I rewatched Halloween and I realized... Oh, they actually aren't brother and they don't like at all mention that in this film. No. It does make it a thousand times scarier. Yeah, they way. it's like the twist. It's like the Empire strikes back thing. Yeah. We're just going to jump in and do a family relation to I tie think the story John Carpenter together. John
1: absolutely hates that he did that cuz he's talked about how like it's an abomination. He was like so high or drunk he doesn't remember doing it. Stephen King does that a couple of times on his I books. think
0: that was also... It makes sense because it deepens the story. I think that's always the idea is like, okay, how do we dig deeper into these characters' psyche? Let's make it personal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's make this more about relationships than about being stalked. But that's why I liked Hush so much is it's just a one-night stalking. Also, if
1: you think about it, that's I think Halloween two was 79, 80, 81 around there. Yeah. Right after... Or I think it's, two, I think it's yeah, 80 or 81. Right after Empire Strikes
0: Back. Yep. So I mean, they they also saw the blueprint. This yeah, works financially, and people are a very big fan of by it. it. Exactly, you see that a lot. In movies. I hate when they do that. They did that recently. I watched the uh, uh, the newest pirates movie, and I hated this digging and like it's his son. This is this character's daughter. Wasn't just... it
1: Orlando Bloom's son?
0: Yeah, and then there was also the uh, the girl was. Uh, Barbosa's daughter. daughter.
1: That part was terrible. And
0: it's like, I look. If you want to do one character's offspring, I understand because it connects the story. But now we're getting lazy, and it's like, oh, actually, like my mom and your dad used to have sex, and
1: your your dad kidnapped my mom. Yeah, we
0: used to be best friends and enemies, and this is a really weird, complicated thing. And we've beat this story to death. We've taken too many turns. They really have like.
1: I feel like they could do another good pirates. But oh, they, absolutely! They they've gone a lot off the rails.
0: I heard a suggestion. I don't remember where recently, but uh, maybe it's just a comment. Somebody suggested maybe moving from the Pirates of the Caribbean to like a different portion of the world and just recasting, completely.
1: See, I feel like you should just do Johnny Depp but have new cast around him.
0: I think that's where it's going to and be I hard, like, yeah.
1: I feel like you could do solid adventures in the character. I mean, cuz he can go I mean, they go to China in the third one. You can go anywhere with it. Oh him.
0: yeah, you can go around the world. No, I I think the it needs a rebrand. I think as no disrespect Johnny to Johnny Depp, Depp is,
1: yeah, he's toxic. As, as much as, as you a, see a him,
0: as soon as, 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 as you see his face as Jack Sparrow, you're like he's doing it again. And that's just how I feel no yeah, matter I mean, what.
1: it is it has been 5 movies now.
0: And it'd be different if there was a break. If there was a break, like if you would have taken 15 years off somewhere. Well, they're and doing
1: they... a Pirates of the Caribbean all female cast, so you're going to get super woke pirates.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Where's that coming at?
1: Margot Roby's doing it. Oh, Disney. I heard about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. that's got a. Uh, there's another actor in that as well, too. Um, I don't remember off the top the of my head. The girl who wrote
1: Birds of Prey is also writing it with Margot Roby.
0: I haven't seen Birds of Prey, so I can't speak on it. No, nobody saw Birds of Prey. Yeah, I know. That movie also. Admittedly, got really fucked because of the pandemic that came out at like the worst possible. I know it did a bad opening weekend yeah. too, but it came out what a month, two, three weeks before they it shut like everything right down.
1: I actually was so excited because you talk about old movies at the theater. I got to go see the original King Kong the day before they shut the theaters down for the oh, pandemic, that's awesome. and I was so good, like I snuck it in.
0: I wish they had more theaters that could show that stuff on film too, because the digital copies are yeah. great too. But if they could find like an old film Redford reel theater and. Yeah, they show a lot of really good yeah. stuff over there. I've just never had a chance to go myself.
1: I've seen a couple of movies over there. Christmas time they always show some good movies. I saw the thing there. It was very cool. To see the thing on the big screen.
0: What what do they uh show it in? Do you remember what kind of film it was? Like uh do you remember the I think it was
1: like thirty five millimeter 32, or Thirty two, yeah, something? I think it's
0: thirty I don't know. Thirty two maybe? Maybe. Thirty two, seventy two and then IMAX. I don't know. 100%. Some type of film. Confu- not hundred percent. It's confused. That shit's digital. a beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful process. I used to work with a guy at the movie theater, who explained that stuff to me, and it, like I grew an immediate love for it because when like the amount of care and passion you have to put into taking care of those things, yes. each shot. Oh yeah, and that's also why it's incredibly inefficient. It makes sense completely that the business model would switch over to digital, mm-hmm. because you get a bad film reel. Now you're not showing the movie in this theater, and you got to get a secondary print, and then the secondary print loses a little bit of its. Uh, Touch, I guess. Yeah, the
1: whole mastering process and all that is kind of—I've never understood it.
0: Second-run theaters get really bad used ones because he explained that to me as well. Did you know? I'm sorry. Did you
1: know that Universal had a huge fire, and they've lost like the master for like tons of movies, tons of. Albums, like they oh, lost shit, a lot really? of master recordings for a lot of those things, and like a lot of artists.
0: Was there anything like substantial that you know? I know the one top?
1: movie that I've always wanted to see was an old Lon Chaney movie, like horror movie from the t- '30s. I think it's an old one, but it's gone now. Like you can never watch it again,
0: unless it's like somebody just so happened to have a copy yeah. on VHS yeah, and they, they copied, a while, they copied do it. Find yeah,
1: like an archived edition somewhere. But yeah, they're they it's gone, other than that, that they know of so far.
0: That's tragic.
1: But there's also like. Uh, yeah. I feel like it was like Stevie Wonder. There was like a lot of some 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 big artists like that. There's that a hit. lot of
0: big people signed to Universal, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah,
1: Universal Music Group's huge.
0: What's really sad about that too is that's kind of the argument for digital, but then with digital that you lose a certain like artistic value yeah. by default. But then the benefit is like with this podcast, just put it all on a hard drive and I can make 15, 20 copies of it. Mm-hmm. So I never have to worry about losing it. That's tragic to imagine. I mean, months of work yeah, and a That's piece of pioneering history. Pioneering in history, gone, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden. That's
1: saddens me is when you lose something that is historical and you, you can never get it back. It's gone.
0: What was that movie called? Uh, were there burning books? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Fahrenheit 451? Yeah. Oh, wait, those are It was a book.
0: Um, I think it was a Steven Spielberg movie.
1: They're burning books? Oh, it know. was uh, Indiana Jones and in The Last Crusade, right? Oh, well, they do that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, oh. Well, other than I was talking about. No, the one I'm talking
0: about, it might not have been. I think it was like a drama. It was like a dramatic movie. But uh, to that point, exactly, yeah, burning history like that, like it's tragic, but I don't know. I guess you don't think about it with art, you know what I mean? Like I guess you would never think of that being a consequence.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about how much art we have left over from the antiquity world and all that. You don't have very much. I mean, that stuff's precious. You have to take care of it because I love medieval art. I love medieval songs. I figured it would suck if we lost all of those.
0: I know, and it's cool that we live in a world where it's easier to preserve all of that. But as soon as the mainframe gets shut down, then I guess we're fucked. Well,
1: that's what scares me, is so much of our history within the last 10 years or so has never been written down in a book. So if yeah. we lose the internet, if we lose access to all that, which is not hard to imagine, it's gone. We're like we're gonna, We don't have it written down, and that's the basis of historical record.
0: Yeah, it is fair. I wish... Uh Reading is something I am trying to get back into a little bit more. You have to I, read. Yeah, it's incredibly important. I got a few books right over here. I just bought a book then a month or two, which is the first book I bought in like three or four years. Also, last time I bought a bunch of books, somebody stole one of mine, and that was depressing. You like as fantasy well. books at all? A little bit. Right now, I'm kind of reading more like uh, nonfiction. Yeah. Like I'm, or yeah, nonfiction. Dry, like I love. I know it does, but it's. I need to educate myself about more things right now. I'm yeah. starting to realize, like well, that's where the knowledge. And obviously, know I got a book right there called "Thinking uh, Fast and Slow," and it's a book on like uh, introverts and extroverts mm-hmm. and like the way they communicate and stuff like that. The power so, balance. Exactly. It's also like I I don't know. It's an interesting book. I I haven't gone into it enough to really like give you an overview on it. And it's a tough read for me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was gonna
1: say that there's a series by Michael Moorcock yeah. called. Uh, Elric, where he's like an eternal champion. Okay. So there's like these constant war between Law and Chaos. And it's like Law basically wants everything to stay the same. Nothing can ever change. This is order. You can't change anything. Chaos is always just trying to bring everything back into total entropy, pretty much. But either side, too much of it will stagnate the universe and they'll die. Absolutely. So there's this eternal yeah. champion who is the, the keeper of balance, pretty much, between the two. And he is like aspects of different characters and different planes of reality so Mm. elric is just one of those and he has so many different types and they all connect it's one of the best fantasy series i've ever read it'll literally blow your mind because you're like
0: how many books is it
1: the elric one is only six books and they're very small okay they're very small but it's so good and like it'll never get made i feel like because it's it's kind of hard to film. Is it too high concept for movies? I think movies? so. Yeah. And there's just a lot of like weird, trippy things. That makes sense. That wouldn't translate well to movies, I feel like. That's where
0: a lot of people felt about... Uh, uh, what was that film recently that uh, the guy who did The Fifth Element did? Valerian. Valerian. That's what the critique on that was. That film, that book came out so far ago that a lot of those ideas they just haven't been able to capture on yeah. film the right way. And now we live in a world where you that can, one I feel like
1: could have been good if it had a better cast. Uh, that Dane Daughn and Cara Delavine
0: were horrible. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cara Delevingne's not very good either. But Dane Daughn is just so wooden, I know, man.
0: I liked them so much in Chronicle too.
1: I feel like his personality was perfect for that. Exactly. Movie. So I thought he was gonna, yeah. and
0: he did a movie with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, uh, they're in a relationship with each other and they're trying to hide it from people. I have not seen. it. And him. he gave a good performance in that one too. And those are the first two things I saw him in. So I gave that guy such, like, I gave him well, such a chance how he kept for a while for so long. Yeah, they,
1: like, knocked it out of the park early.
0: Happens to a lot of people. Yeah, you give one or two really good big performances, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, you know, he was great in that." We'll give him a chance, and it's hard not to. It's such a perfect like it's got to play itself out perfectly for it to work in a film. Like some people just they make sense on paper. That's how I've always felt about uh, Will Smith as Neo. When you hear about the fact that they're supposed to cast him, there's a part of me that wants to see what it would look like. But seeing what The Matrix was, I can't imagine Will Smith not disrupting like the how natural the film was. And also, Keanu Reeves is really. He kind of sits into the back in that movie and lets everything play out around him. And Will Smith has just got such a...
1: Charismatic. Like, yeah, it he would takes be,
0: over a movie. Exactly, and it would be really hard because the supporting characters are more of the movie to me than Neo is. What did is. he
1: do instead of that? Wild Wild West? I believe the so. The biggest yep. cast in I believe decision. so.
0: He also passed on Django. He was supposed hmm. to be Django. And I could see him as Django. The reason for that was uh, he wanted to be the one to, if anybody hasn't seen it, spoiler alert, uh, kill off Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And he quit and Tarantino would not rewrite it. Samuel Jackson kills him, right? Uh, it was alert. Uh, Christoph Waltz, because Christoph Waltz goes to shake it's, DiCaprio's that, hand. That
1: movie, the ending rambles on so long. I gotta be honest. There's a, a second ending, exactly. Yeah. It
0: ends after they kill off DiCaprio, and then Django gets tied up, and he comes back, and then he takes care of the house slave and all that other stuff. Oh and yeah, then... yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that that was the idea: is he wanted Django to come back and kill the house slave? And then he wanted Christoph Waltz to kill the slave owner. And then I think that Will Smith was like, if you let me kill the bad guy, which is Leonardo DiCaprio's character, I'll sign on. And Tarantino was like, um, you know, just, I got an idea in my head. And, you know, even, I wouldn't change either. I'm not changing my script. And, you know, yeah. and Jamie Foxx did great in that movie. And it's the same thing. I think Jamie Foxx has a very subtle performance. Like he does not He's very charismatic, but he also doesn't take away from anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Will Smith, I don't know, I guess I've never seen him relax. He's always got so much charisma.
1: He's always got a lot of energy.
0: Even in pursuit of happiness, right? Like he acts the shit out of the scenes that land. Like there it's very rarely a subtle thing. Like it's always you gotta the camera's gotta be on his face. Like he's gotta be doing something that's like the highlight. Whereas Jamie Foxx did a really good job of being in the frame with four other actors and nailing his role while also not being like excessively the focal point, because that's the interesting thing about Django, he almost at times feels like a supporting character, especially in the first two acts of the movie.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's really interesting to imagine Will Smith being a supporting character for two acts of a movie and then taking over in the third.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he's such like a big star. I I. I could see him doing the role but it would be kind of weird. I'm sure he would have Plus, done like well. Plus like you said now yeah. that we know the movie it's always so weird to exactly. like go back and be like oh this imagine like Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones or something like that. Yeah,
0: I don't know if he'd bring the same kind of charisma. No way. Although there's one and I hate saying it because I feel uh it's Tim Robbins, right, in Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Tom Hanks was up for that role as well, Andy Tom Dufresne. Tom Hanks will always make everything better. And if I'm being honest, more I think about it, I'm like he could have done everything that Robbins did, and it would have landed the exact same, maybe even better. I think I better. That one would have been better. And that's a yeah. tough one because Shawshank Redemption is a pretty perfect movie I'm glad already. I'm a Tim Robbins fan. I know he's great in that movie though. He's good.
1: Frank Darabont's a very underrated director.
0: What else has he done?
1: He did The Mist. He did. Okay. Uh, he created The Walking Dead. Oh really? He uh. He's done other like Stephen King stuff. A lot of that he's done some horror movies. Damn,
0: that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Cause that's an it, it's interesting because I guess with Shawshank, you don't generally associate that with Stephen King because it's a little bit out of the you know King of horror thing. Yeah. What's his nickname? Uh, master.
1: The Masters Macau. master Macabre. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, crazy ass gimmicks. Because R.L. Stein is, what's his.
1: I can't, you're gonna shit on R. R L Stein again, Dennis? I'm gonna take
0: my shots at R L Stein Why, every chance that I get. This man
1: created our childhood. He wrote Goosebumps. Why are that you shitting true. all over R L Stein? Just because he's got a weird thing on his head?
0: It's because he's got a weird thing on his head.
1: God damn it!
0: I discriminate against birthmarks. That's not I have a accept-
1: birthmark. That's like a mole or something.
0: Oh, well, I discriminate against moles too.
1: Moles are pretty bad. Yeah, that's uh,
0: Austin Powers. Yo, yeah. Molly mole mole.
1: Guacamole. <laughs> That's the third. That's when it really starts to get off. the. Race. Oh yeah. It's the same movie. Like you could yeah. tell they've
0: already beat some of the jokes home oh, and yeah. it was done.
1: I watched the second one recently. Like when he's drinking the shit, I'm like, why did I like this so much?
0: There was a scene in the first one. Um, when he's with, uh, a lot of vagina, that's yeah. her name, right? The Italian bird. And when they're, they're farting in the tub. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good example of fart humor working. Like it's, quirky and yeah. you know what I mean and then yeah when you get to the second and third movie they got a few poop jokes that yeah. are poop jokes
1: but it's like drinking poop I I yeah the they're line. poop jokes yeah they're real poop we jokes draw the line yep. there my friend we don't drink poop Because
0: poop jokes never land for me it's got to be very well done to land South never. Park
1: does it like we bring it back to South they yeah, can do exactly. it well that's about the only person that can do a good poop joke it helps that it's one a cartoon one of my favorite episodes is where Randy takes the biggest shit in the world and it's a record And you get Bono yep. Rano, Bono any way you look at it Bono is the record
0: and it's hilarious, no matter what, to me, because even if that episode would have sucked, and that's why I like South Park so much, it's so easy to quote. Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. Every time he answers the phone,
1: I'll be at work sometimes and just sing random South Park, like "Dog the Bounty Hunter." I am the. I know that sounds hilarious. big bad dude.
0: I like to do the uh, the one where I don't remember what it was for, but Cartman was giving a speech, and uh, he starts breaking into the heat of the moment. And Is that then, the AIDS one? I think it's the AIDS yeah. episode, and when he's talking about it, I don't remember I don't remember right. how the song goes off the top of my head right now, but uh, I never meant to be something. Yeah, and then they do the stomp, dude, clap, dude. clap, and everybody in the room does it together, and it like gets the whole group into it. They're they always so do fucking the best funny. Halloween
1: episodes, too, I feel like. I, I miss them. Give the, the Simpsons like a run career. for their money? I think they'd crush the Simpsons. Do you think Treehouse the, of Horror is okay? Do
0: you think The Simpsons is hurt by the fact that it's been around for twenty years? Yeah, yeah. It's. Do, where do you think it would? Where do you think people would view The Simpsons as if it, if it would have ended after about ten, fifteen seasons? Because I know most of Simpsons of all time. Most it's Simpsons purists view the first ten as like pure.
1: You think about it, that's the show that launched the animation, like sitcom. I don't know if it's a sitcom, but you're know, like it's adult animation, yeah. kind of. It's not. I don't know if that one's really adult, but.
0: For the time, it was more adult than any yeah. other show was. Cause they had so a I lot feel of... like
1: that's one of the... It's still going to hold that legacy always, I feel like, because it really did launch that. Because then after that, you got Family Guy. South Park. South Park, I was watching since I was like eight years old. South
0: Park's the king, in my opinion. Yeah. South Park's the Five Chappelle Park. show of adult Five. animation. I
1: think, Like I said, I think South Park is the greatest show comedy of all time. And yeah, I, I remember the very that. first episode I watched. I was eight years old. It was like I was supposed to be in bed. It was the one where Cartman's riding a bull and they throw a snowball at its bull and he gets bucked off and he thinks he's a Vietnamese prostitute. And at eight years old, that was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. It blew my mind.
0: There's one I remember from when I was a kid when he went to go see the Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah. And I just, I remember him in the bedroom going, wow, Wild,
1: wild west. He's, <laughs> he's Get out of
0: here, man. Clyde J. Frog with yep. him. Yep. Oh, no, potty pocket. And it's, it's such a silly juvenile show that exactly when you're young, it's just funny the way that they talk then as you start getting older, you're like, oh my God, these stories are fucking ripping they society yeah. apart.
1: Yeah. yeah. Where would we be without South Park to like... Their social commentary. People. Yeah, Because yeah. I feel like that keeps me sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm totally looking at that the wrong way. Like, that's kind of... Well, why am I doing that? They like, were the first... a couple of times they've hit me like that.
0: Publicly to go at the Star Wars franchise. They were the first that I saw in media to With take a Force shot Awakens at the Force Awakens. Nobody else had the yeah. balls to say that they didn't love it. And those guys were like, it was just the same fucking movie. And it was. And then everybody now is like, I yeah. was
1: totally caught up in the Force Awakens. Like all
0: hype for me too. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I loved it. And I like, no, I don't hate the Force Awakens. Now that's honestly the, the one sequel movie I don't hate. With the other two, when I first saw the Last Jedi, I was like, I'm not sure if I like that movie. I don't even know what just happened. Really, I was in shock, mm-hmm. like shell shocked. And then I went and saw it again, and I was I th- I thought I liked it, and like I was almost trying to convince myself like I like this. It start I have to like this, but then as I just like settled in, it just did not make any sense to me.
0: I had one, and and for me, I've been in that boat for a, f- a few movies. Uh, the two that I can most notably name, and it was the most stubborn I've ever been about a movie in my life. And in fairness, it was at a weird time for me personally. The Green Lantern movie came out like two weeks after my dad passed away, and I was fucking ecstatic for that movie before it came out. Just because I like comic books and I had a Green Lantern shirt, and it was fucking cool that it wasn't Batman or Superman yeah. on the screen.
1: I'm sure you liked Ryan Reynolds.
0: I was a very big Ryan Reynolds fan we too. I thought out. he was great in Waiting. Yeah. I thought he was uh, uh, a was it was another movie he was in that I thought he was really fun. Oh, Just Friends. I always loved Just Friends, just with, friends with him and Amy Smart. One. And uh I got to the theater, and I refused to say it was bad, just because I mean I was going through shit. Yeah. So this was like the first thing I got to do after everything. And I went home and posted, and this is the most like. All of the horrible things I've said in my life, this is the only thing I would never want to come out in the public, which is why I'm publicly talking about it. I came home and posted Green Lantern was the best movie of the year because I refused. Like there was, you couldn't tell me otherwise. What year was that? 2011. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't even the best movie I saw that day. Let's be honest. <laughs> and I don't even know if I watched it. I was gonna
1: say you caught a doubleheader. Yeah, I, I just went home
0: and caught I the m- ass I end. I missed doubleheaders of, of, at the theater. Oh, yeah, those. that'd be great. But that's how I felt with Man of Steel, too. Not that I hated it, but while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I feel like I like I, I like this more before I saw it than I do while I'm watching it right now. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get that way with Force Awakens, and I had a lot lower expectations for Jedi because the second time I watched Force Awakens, I was like, this has a lot less magic now that I've yeah. seen it once. And I think the third time I watched it, I only got like 15 minutes in, and I was like, all right, I already know what happens. Like, I've seen this movie before. Well,
1: once... Because The Force Awakens is all set up, and that's why you get lost into the the, yep. the wave of it when it first came out. You're like, oh, these mysteries. What's next? Yeah. In
0: three years, we're going to find out. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: two years. Yeah. And then two years later.
0: They should have taken that extra year, it sounds like. They
1: throw a lightsaber over a cliff and toss everything that you hoped with it, and it's just terrible. And The Rise of Skywalker, to me, just felt the least special of any Star Wars movie. At least The Last Jedi, I don't know, had some flair or something to it. But the Rise of Skywalker just felt like we're packaging this, we're throwing it out there, just get this trilogy done.
0: We, yeah. we have to, pretty much. And I might be a little overly negative on this, but as much as I, I hated Last Jedi, visually there was a few scenes that impressed the hell out of me. Uh, yeah, the most when they notable had the fight in the yeah. And then also I love the visual uh, when they go into warp speed through the ship at the end. Yes. And the sound true. drops out. Like yeah. and even though the moment build to it was horrible and stupid. It was just such a cool moment.
1: Some, I, the, the whole visual of Luke getting oh bombarded. the double suns at the end. Well, that's cool, oh, yeah, but also too, getting bombarded yeah. by the ATATs. And even though he's not there, I like that he wasn't there. I just don't like that the force project. I understand. Yeah, That, to me
0: is stupid. No, but. I agree. There was a few moments in it where I, I felt like, okay, this is like they added it a little bit. Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. I legitimately, looking back, I can't think of a single moment in the movie that I liked. Yeah, I thought that guy was funny. That little guy. Babu Freak. Babu Freak was the sole highlight to me because he actually made me laugh. He was cool. Um, I didn't really like him all that much. They broke my heart when they fake killed Chewie. And then they
1: fake revealed, ruined it two minutes later. Exactly.
0: So even though I'm not going to act like that moment didn't hit the fuck out of me when I saw it for the first time. Because
1: that's an old legacy character that they fucked with.
0: Exactly. And the way they did it too, I was like, oh my God, this movie's got balls. And the fact that it developed balls for Chewie pisses me off because they've shown this character no respect. He gets R2, no respect. R2-D2
1: is the one who gets zero respect. He is the hero of the franchise, and they just put him in a corner. Push I will say,
0: me. I like BB-8. BB-8 okay. I thought was a fine character. BB-8, he was a,
1: BB-8 would have been a cool sidekick to th- R2-D2. There's R2-D2 showing you how to be the droid hero ropes. You don't just get to come in and take over the goddamn franchise.
0: I, I understand completely. See, we got to go back to respecting your elders. Yeah. This is a franchise that did not do that. No. This is a and franchise look, that, look that said, at. George Lucas... We think you had a cool idea, but here's how it could be a thousand times better. We like your better. setting, but yeah. we
1: don't give a shit about anything else that you did.
0: Hey, you built a cool sandbox, and now yeah, we're going to exactly. play in it. But what we're going to do first is we're going to replace all the sand and ultimately, with concrete.
1: that's why Star Wars is so successful, is because it's yep. the cool sandbox. You can do anything. You can tell any type of story through a Star Wars lens. But when you disrespect the very like core mythology, it just unravels it all, and it just... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're
0: good. No worries. I, uh, I felt the same way when I was a kid. I watched Dragon Ball and the first like 10 seasons of Dragon Ball Z before they finally go super Saiyan, right? And it's like this emotional moment. They you build to it. it. And what sucks about the show after that is they keep getting, like, it's just like, now that we hit this step, we've accelerated the process tenfold, so now there's no, like, build. Now it's, you know, four seasons later, there's a Super Saiyan 2, and in the meantime, 15 other characters have hit it, and now they're at the point where they're, like, seven Super Saiyans deep. And with Star Wars, I always felt like that with the Force. It was really interesting, because I understand with the technological capabilities between the original and the prequels, like, the Force looks cooler in the prequels than in the originals, because guys are fucking flipping and doing superhero shit, and that's just a, that's because of, the future that's real life, real time you know what well, i mean
1: also it's it makes sense story-wise because that's yeah. the jedi at their
0: peak exactly and that's their their core like the, the prime of they, their strength luke and, doesn't
1: have any of the knowledge yep. necessary to do those things
0: and in this franchise i feel like they took it and turned it up even more but by shitting at like the opening scene in force awakens when that shoots the beam and kylo ren turns it. to the side and stops it i went yo this is gonna be the baddest motherfucker we've ever seen in Star Wars because I have never seen anybody do that. Jedi have always deflected the beams. You know he what I mean? Does that? Does he stop a beam? Uh, when Han a Han Solo
1: shot? shoots him in Cloud City, oh, fair enough. He eats it up with his hands. I he,
0: Yeah, that's the visual though is yeah. a little bit different because yeah. he doesn't stop it. I remember what you're talking he, about yeah. now. Um, but yeah, when I saw that, it was like yeah, he stops it mid fucking and it's just
1: hovering. Yeah,
0: and then you realize how strong he is because he holds it until he's he's not even holding it at a certain point. It's just up. You know what I mean? He talks to the guy, and then he drops it. And then you realize that that's the issue with it, is it's like these people skip to the end. These guys put in a cheat code for their Jedis and made them all 100 strength everywhere without learning how to play the game first.
1: attributes up to 100. Exactly,
0: and they never learn how to play the game first. Yeah. And then you can see it when you're watching the movie because the way they utilize the Force is boring, it's incredibly uninteresting, which is a synonym for boring. Skywalker,
1: to me, just shits all over the Force. We're just going to start healing people?
0: I, I don't like that.
1: You you introduced that concept. It's like, yeah. it's game over. You and just it, ruined it all. And
0: they tried covering their ass by putting it in the Mandalorian first. Yeah. And But I, the
1: Mandalorian, at least he wasn't dead.
0: I know. And having yeah.
1: a dead, like, you know, like a mortal wound.
0: I also, was. are you talking about when uh, Kylo and Rey kiss? And he well, kisses her back first, to life. She stabs him. Yeah.
1: And then she heals him because he's going to die. And then at the end, she di- I think she dies, right? Then he heals her. Yeah, he gives
0: her a kiss and then like yeah. pours everything into it. One of the it.
1: funniest things, I took my niece, who's four years old, to go see The Rise of Skywalker. And when they kiss, she goes, that's weird. <laughs> and the whole audience is like, yep.
0: That's funny. When we saw it, I don't know if you remember, there was these teenagers a few rows below us who started clapping like a motherfucker when it oh, happened. Reylo's. Reylo's yeah, they weird.
1: were like, we did it. I don't understand why you would want your boyfriend to be a genocidal... Uh, murderer.
0: I don't know. Ask people who love Harley Quinn why. Because
1: Yeah, I guess. I see that a lot. You
0: see pictures of like you the do. Joker choking her, and they're like, my kind of love.
1: You're like, what the fuck? It's a lot of fucked up people. It's true.
0: I remember watching... like uh, There's a scene in Suicide Squad when I was uh, working at the movie theater, and I, I walked in as an usher. It's that scene where like the Joker is yelling at her, and she... F- Throws her in the thing and then he turns and jumps in it with yeah. her and then like the colors around them make a heart, heart and all that yeah, kind yeah. of shit. That movie was terrible. But before that, he's like fucking punching the wall next to her and shit. And I was watching it and I was like, this is a really like triggering scene for some people, I'm sure. This is like a pretty real depiction yeah. of like. That's why I didn't like the Joker movie. The newest. That's song? a controversial take. I've heard. I Todd don't Phillips. Like that movie. I know a lot of people are very they high on it? it.
1: I think they love what it represents to them. But with the classism? It is. With, like, the class well, well, I system? Well, see, that's one of the reasons I don't like it. The Joker should not be a hero. He should not be an anti-hero. The Joker is the pure representation of chaos. He should be a villain. There's no sympathy for no him. No redemption arc for the no, joke. yeah. it's he's a villain. So I don't like that they started making Some people just like to see the world burn. I don't like yeah. that. But I also don't like that, like, they gave him a backstory, which was really weak. He lives with his... Mom. I don't like the Joker being this weak, weird... Like, I, I, I understand don't, I don't completely, enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would. But, like... Why did they make him a hero? I don't understand that. Like, why is he a hero of a revolution? That's not the person you should be looking up to.
0: I understand. That's an, I remember before the movie came out, and I've told you this with a few movies. I asked you this specifically uh, to draw back on a movie we were talking about earlier with Halloween. First thing I asked you when you saw it was, did it need to be a Halloween movie? Because to me, that's what matters. If yeah. you're going to use these intellectual properties, could you have made this movie without this character and you only made it this way to mm-hmm. you know, to sell it. draw in? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's what I felt before I even saw the Joker with the trailer. And it was. It looks a lot like uh, Taxi Driver. I it mean, I know ta- it's Scorsese. Was, it was comic book yep.
1: version Taxi Driver.
0: Was it the uh, Kings of Com- What's that movie called? Uh, King of Comedy. King of Comedy, thank you. Yeah, Kings I- of Comedy are a little bit better, and in my opinion.
1: Me- I think it was like a lot of streets out. Yep. in there.
0: Old Scorsese movies. Yeah. You could see. And Scorsese was one of the producers on it as well. So it was a pretty easy guy to pull from. I mean, you the got acting him. in it was great. Heath- or not Heath Ledger, I'm sorry. Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. Yeah. He's
1: a great... And that's... I just didn't like the story. And then he gets beat up while he's dressed as a clown by two separate groups of like street thugs. And It's like, I'm really supposed to believe that all these people are just attacking Was clowns? it on the same walk? No, it's in different parts of the okay, movie. That's one good he's then. on a subway and one he's just getting beat up in the street, I think. I only yeah. saw it one time.
0: I, I got to see it before I give too deep of an opinion on it. But I just remember before that movie came out, all the controversy. And there was a lot of people who were concerned that it was gonna spark some sort of. I think uh,
1: that they started that to get buzz going. It worked. It. it did work. It made
0: it a dangerous movie. It sure did. Although I thought they were gonna do that with the interview too. Do you remember that a few years ago when that yeah, came they out? they tr- really tried. On they pushed stuff. out. Yeah, they pushed out bad. As soon as they hacked Sony, they pushed out because they thought that North Korea was getting ready to start some kind of retaliation. Yeah. And that's a bitch move, in my opinion, because that movie movie
1: wasn't that good, and I think
0: they knew that. I know. That probably doesn't help either. If it would have been uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, then there would have been a big following. Exactly. Fuck yeah! That's crazy to me. Which, to that point, films being released, uh, that was actually fucking poetic, to mention the the interview. So that movie was released on Christmas Day on Netflix, uh, back when it came out, and it was supposed to be dropped in theaters. And that's interesting, and Within the last week, they announced Wonder Woman is going to be available both in theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas Day. And to me, this is the first major step in the theater industry probably on the official decline for good now. And it's been on the decline for a minute because, I mean, they put a lot into just marvel movies without marvel and disney the box office totals over the last few years are basically i mean if the worst ever you
1: think about marvel disney and then dc movies if you take away those you have nothing
0: that's true and if you look at the highest grossing films in the last 10 years i believe eight out of 10 of them are all disney films yeah so the fact that that's even like that and now uh they just opened up that window i believe it's both cinemark and amc correct that have a two-week period now where they're going to show films And depending on the performance of the film, if
1: it doesn't hit $50 million,
0: they can yank it early. Put it back on VOD. I agree, this is an improvement, but with this Wonder Woman one specifically, this one's different because that's a major film being available at home the same day that it's available in theater. And I'm interested in seeing what that'll do to the theater industry because it's probably legit for most families, it's probably more economically beneficial to it at home yeah. for twenty five dollars and order a Theater pizza. Theater is
1: definitely it's an experience. It's like going to a concert. It's like it's yeah. a communi- community experience. So you're paying for that as well. You're not just paying for the movie. And I think that that's where some things get lost on people. Like when you go to a movie on opening night, it's like a rock concert. There's oh, it's energy. fun. People I agree. Yeah. It's you know.
0: I think it's better for the theaters to do it this way too, because I can say firsthand working there. I think one of the things that hurts some people's experiences sometimes is the lack of preparation from the staff. Because, I mean, you're battling uphill most of the time. There's some nights when a movie comes out. It, for example, the the weekend it came out, we didn't, it was a September show. And before we started, uh, end of August, all the people who had been working in the theater industry for a few years, or we had a few people who had been there for like decades, they're like, this is our slow month. Just so you guys know that nothing comes out in September. September is completely dead for film. Like we're gonna cut hours this month, and then we're gonna pick them back up around the holiday season. And two weeks later, it came out and it broke a record in September and it made over a hundred million dollars opening weekend. So we had we were completely ill prepared for that weekend. Like we had you got slaughtered. We got slaughtered, and a lot of people were coming to the theater for the first time because it was within our first year or two of being open. Um, a lot of our big movies, like with the big Marvel movies and stuff, they underperformed a little bit at our specific location. Horror movies were never like that, though. Even bad horror movies, like when The Purge came out, I think it was the fourth, third or fourth Purge. Yeah, We were sold out for like two, three nights straight. So when it came out Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, all day, almost every show for it was sold out. And at the end of the night, we had to replace shows for more it because we had such a high demand for it. And I feel like from my personal experience, there were shows that I was cleaning a theater by myself two minutes before the trailers were getting ready to start because we had such a small staff that night. And I mean, if you're somebody who's going to the movies, like you said, looking for a rock type experience and there's a dude in there, you know, wiping down your seat and it's like, hey, the movie's starting and you've had us standing in the hallway for four minutes, five minutes waiting to come in because we're not ready. Maybe with this whole pandemic going on and maybe with this switch to streaming, the film industry, it'll get its shit together and it'll be more of a special event. Maybe they'll move it so that it's only open on certain nights at certain times. Well, that's what less I think show times. is going to happen. You're going to see yeah. more of like a,
1: not luxury, but like a, you know, like a specialized. Absolutely. Here's old movies on Friday night or Saturday night. Type here's the
0: movie. new movie this weekend coming yeah. out. It's like, this is a big event because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. But we don't have to deal with fucking, uh, what was that movie with Ice Cube and Charlie Day? Um, they were in a movie together? Yeah, it's Fight Something. I forgot what it's called. I don't fist know. Fight. It's called Fist, fist fight. fight. I did not see And that it's one. about two teachers getting into a fist fight. So it's a horribly branded movie, too. I did not see that. But one. yeah, we had it in theaters. And we had to fucking waste time promoting that shit. Yeah. No disrespect to Charlie Day or Ice Cube, but like... That you movie's see, you,
1: not going to draw on a huge audience. That's what I'm saying. In the middle of Michigan.
0: Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not going to draw a big audience anywhere, anywhere. probably. Yeah. Unless, I guess, people are really riding for Ice Cube like that.
1: But I feel like especially in like small towns... Maybe
0: Philadelphia, too. N- not bigger towns. Exactly, yeah.
1: Not that big a demand for that movie.
0: And that's the point. And there are probably too many theaters in the country now for where it's at. Let's And it makes yeah. sense because at the time when the business was growing, you want to keep putting them up places, but now it's going in the other direction. And within our city, we've had what, three theaters closed down within yes. a twenty mile radius probably here within the last five, ten years? Four really become Star Taylor too. Star Taylor. Um and then when they AFC, rebranded it, do Wood you remember Haven became uh, Imagine? Oh yeah.
1: Well, yeah, well, Imagine became AMC, and now AMC's closed. Yep,
0: so that's a double whammy right yeah. there. Uh, the Spotlight, which is what the, AMC, or the star yeah. Taylor became, closed yeah. down as well. It's four right there at the top.
1: Yeah. MJR, I think, is closing too, I think. I'm
0: I wouldn't be so. Sure. Sur- this year's probably going yeah, to fuck gonna a lot of them, them as well. Now, the theater that I used to work at right now, um, if they wouldn't have made that deal with Universal the way that they just did, then there's a really strong chance that within the next year they were going to be in the same spot.
1: How much do you think that the studios want the theaters gone? Because then it's just like we can go straight to consumer, we don't have to split 50% of our tickets.
0: I think it depends on who you are. You know what I mean? Like Disney, for example, when I Wants used to work there, you couldn't give passes on new Disney movies until they'd oh, passed a 14-window or 14-day window. So if some for example, you know, you're sitting in a movie watching the new uh, Cars and then the guy behind you just keeps farting and you're like this is disgusting hey, me and my kids are here, Like, this is gross, we don't want to deal with this guy. We can give her anything but a pass to that movie she's watching unless she wants to go see it a week and a half later. Is that just to, just to Disney. not cut in the profits? Only Disney. That, that's the only studio that has that restriction. It doesn't matter how big another franchise is, like when Batman versus Superman came out, no restriction. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman comes out, does huge numbers opening weekend, no restrictions.
1: Disney does a lot of
0: shady stuff. And it's not even big Disney movies only. I understand, I guess, Star Wars, because you know that, that or when Avengers Endgame comes out, that's going to be the highest grossing film of all time. You don't want to take any shortcuts. You want to boost your shit just to have the record, just to brag about it. Yeah. But then when you got like Cars 3, it, it did well, but there are other movies that did better that we didn't have a restriction on. But it's because it was a Disney-branded movie. They had the power to... Yeah. And they could tell us, go fuck yourself. We're either going to follow this... Or you're not going to show sure, it. Movies. You heard the Quentin Tarantino story?
1: Where they like booted his movie for Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, The Hateful yeah. Eight. So
0: yeah. uh, the year The Hateful Eight came out, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens was coming out as well. And there's a famous theater over in California and they were supposed to I show think it Star was the Wars.
1: Dol- Dolby Theater?
0: Something like that. It's hard because there's a few of them. There's yeah. like an Alamo thing or something over there too Might that's be. really popular. But it's whatever one he loves. Like it's his favorite Tarantino's. So Force Awakens came out on the 18th or the 15th, right? a week before Christmas and hateful eight was coming out on Christmas a week later. And he had negotiated a two week residency showing the film, but star Wars decided it wanted to expand its residency, but they weren't going to show both films at once. So star Wars basically said, Hey guys, if you don't show us past Christmas, because Christmas is a huge weekend for films and, A film like Star Wars is going to probably make almost just as much money on Christmas as it does the week before Christmas because families can come out and all that good shit. So they told the theater, if you do not show our film, then we're not going to let you have our film for the week before. So from the 18th to the 25th, we're not showing Star Wars unless you're willing to show Star Wars from the 18th past into the year. And they got the money to do it. What are you going to do? Not show Star Wars? Yeah the biggest cultural phenomenon in film that you yeah, could...
1: especially the return of... Force Awakens, too, yeah.
0: and that broke a record. That was the highest-grossing opening weekend in the history of film, and, the and they would have had domestic, to
1: pass uh, up. It's still the highest domestic, I think, box office. I, it is, yes, yeah. in
0: the U.S. Yeah. I guess that makes sense for anybody who doesn't know what domestic means.
1: Yeah, in the United States, because China really blows up a lot of...
0: Yeah, those hurt Star Wars, though. China yeah. hurt Star Wars on they all three like, films. They don't like Star Wars. That's good for them. Yeah. <laughs> They knew better this time around. Well, but they saved World, they World of like Warcraft. The original trilogy. Stuff. That is true. They saved Warcraft, though.
1: They saved Pacific Rim, which actually mm-hmm. I like that movie somehow. But then they made a terrible sequel. So Transformers as good. well.
0: Yeah. China market saved Transformers.
1: The Chinese market is really kind of terrifying because they're starting to alter movies to fit into their oh, their
0: paradigm. censorship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. what they want in movies. And they what have. They. Yeah think or should be in movies pretty
0: much they have different standards over there so a lot of times they'll revise films so that things that aren't culturally acceptable over there are removed from the film
1: they can't have ghosts or skeletons yep
0: uh no homosexuality yeah which is one of the controversies when star wars came out was they edited out a kiss which they promoted the shit out of over here in the united states um i believe there's a few other things as well like i think uh you have to be careful about how critical you are of certain government structures yeah. um regionally. I
1: was reading a thing that a lot of movies are putting in pro china lines, and it's like stuff you don't even realize like Ryan Johnson and Looper got paid by a Chinese I don't know if it was the government or a Chinese company,
0: probably just a brand yeah and
1: there's a line in there where he talks about retiring to China or something like that, or it's like something pro-China. So they'll just slip in little lines like
0: I that. I believe they have something like that in Transformers as well, where they're talking about the way that the Chinese government is dealing with what just happened, where they say yeah. that they're doing it well. Like, uh, the, the Chinese got this handled, don't yeah. worry. It was like something along it's those... It's always yeah, pro-Chinese. Exactly. And it's because it's a huge market right now for film. Like yeah. I said, with World of Warcraft, or I'm sorry, the Warcraft film, um, it tanked over here in the United States, but it did so well over in China that they were developing a sequel up until recently because yeah. of the whole pandemic thing. They've had to redo a lot of ideas, but it tanked over here, man. Like It made mm-hmm. like $15 million opening weekend, and I might be undershooting it well, a little bit. a lot bit, of but
1: Americans hated it because it just, I guess, is not like the lore of the game at
0: all. To me, that's a tough one to pull up. Like A video game like that doesn't really seem like it would be... Built for a film franchise, maybe a TV series yeah, would be a better way to explore time to it. Exactly, and you could spend time in some of the settings and well, that's establish I feel the culture. Like
1: really entering a golden age of television, and because you take time now with streaming and all that, Absolutely. you can do full, full explorations of these worlds and the characters.
0: And Netflix is pouring so much money into content right yeah. now. That you know it's not stopping anytime soon. I feel like
1: that that bubble might burst at some point, though.
0: With Netflix, yeah, they're they're the standard. So for them, it's gonna take a lot. I think we're gonna have to see somebody overcome them because a lot of people, YouTube and Netflix is TV. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they YouTube don't have cable. Is like what I watch more than anything. I do YouTube more than anything as well. You can't beat it, man. The algorithm yeah. gives you exactly what you want.
1: And I have the subscriptions of channels I just exactly want. Let's go flip them on and. Their sacred time podcast.
0: Let's throw it on. Absolutely. And it's you got to get that sidetrack in there as well, too, soon, while we're on it. That's right. I guess I can't. We'll cut that. I don't want to promote my show while I'm shooting my show. <laughs> That's a bit of a dick move. I,
1: don't, I think that should stay in. I think should it, do it.
0: I'm going to leave it in so that I sound humble.
1: <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night, I guess, is all that matters. That's
0: what I got to do. Oh. I'm going to start shooting you some questions. Hit me. All right. So, favorite film of all time? Star Wars. Which one? It's tough. It's Empire or New Hope. Those two are
1: pretty equal to me, honestly. They go back and forth on any given day.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. That's yeah. a tough one for me too between those two. Although I'm a little bit of a Return of the Jedi guy, I got I a soft love spot. For I love Ewoks. Return. That's my
1: third. But I think
0: New Hope's a better film.
1: It's be- that's why I think I always go that way because it's the best standalone by itself film.
0: Absolutely. You can just
1: watch New Hope. And be like, oh, that's a cool story. I'm done.
0: That's true. You can't do that with Empire because no. you have to watch like, New what's Hope. What's going on? Exactly.
1: All-time favorite actor or actress? That's a tough one. I I don't know. I would probably, top of my head, Harrison Ford came to my mind just because he's in so many movies I like. He's in Star Wars. He's in Indiana is, Jones. Is there anybody
0: in particular that in today's world, if you see their name attached to the film, you'd be willing to give it a chance regardless?
1: Yeah. I don't know why I'm blanking on them all right how now. Talk I you about
0: Sam Rockwell right now.
1: Yeah, I like Sam Rockwell.
0: I usually watch anything that he's in just to see what he does. I
1: watched The Queen's Gambit because the girl from The Witch was in it.
0: Oh, Anya, like, Anya, Anya Taylor. Anya Taylor-Joy. Yep.
1: I didn't get very far in it, but that's the <laughs> name that, like, I'd probably watch anything she's in because I like her.
0: What was the film, uh, was that her in that movie uh, Ridley Scott did? Or was it Ridley Scott's son with Kate Mara?
1: Which one? I don't know which one. She I was
0: don't. in a, she was like a an experiment Oh, and they were locked Morgan. in a building. Morgan, was that her? Yes. Yes. Was yeah. that a good movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah.
1: That one was not very
0: good. I remember that coming out while I was working
1: at that the was, theater. Pr- though. That was pre Witch.
0: Was that uh, Ridley Scott or his son?
1: I think it was his son because I don't think Ridley Scott did that. Yeah,
0: I, I remember it was yeah. a family connection there.
1: But she's doing a movie called Nosferatu with the guy that did The Witch about like vampires, and, and I love vampires. That's oh, gonna so be I'm awesome on that one.
0: I trust him a lot right now. He's been yeah. it, even with the Lighthouse. It's a weird movie. It's beautiful visually. It's still enjoyable. Exactly. It's just,
1: the story is kind of way all over the place.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a weird follow-up because when you go from horror to I don't even know what genre that would be.
1: I'd still <laughs> say it's horror. It's got some horror it's, elements it's very to it. Yeah,
0: him. I understand. But he's a he's a. Visually, is a great director because that's what I feel about *The Witch* too. Is it looks so much better than a lot of horror movies. That's I'd what like horror's that, been doing in the last I'd few like years.
1: I He includes a lot of like symbolism and things like that. It's not everything is super cut and dry. It's like he went too far with the lighthouse into the <laughs> symbolism. But if you could find some type of good balance, I think that would be. Like he'd start killing it because *The Witch* was like that. It was very symbolic.
0: And, oh, that's a beautiful movie. Yeah, and
1: that one I. Still one of my top five horror movies.
0: All right, to that, um, to the point of directors, uh, in the 21st century, who do you think we're going to view as the pinnacle of filmmaking?
1: So since 2000? So since
0: the year 2000, what director do you think we're going to look at as our guy, our Scorsese, or Coppola? Uh,
1: Peter Jackson's up there. Uh, I always say his name wrong, but Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, ben Denis Villeneuve. He's just consistently knocking out good movies. Yeah, he's great. Nolan, I think, had a shot, but I honestly think Nolan's, lost it I think Nolan has bought his own hype and he's gone over the hill at this point I Tenet didn't help Tenet didn't help yeah I haven't seen that one but I've heard very not good My my friend is a huge Christopher Nolan fanboy and even he that's was yeah. like uh.
0: I know people who have never said a bad thing about the movies of his that I like I've always felt like interstellar could have been a great movie but it's a little and bit it was atrocious it's a little bit too high concept sometimes like they try to I appreciate the attempt. Well,
1: that's what I feel like he does. High concept, but it yeah. never like follows up what the concept should be. That's a very you're trying tough, to solve yeah. gravity. What does that mean? I've seen that movie four times. <laughs> I still don't understand what you're trying to do.
0: Exactly. And while it's beautiful to look at in certain ele- or certain spots, there are a lot of decisions in that movie that I really, really didn't like. And there's one scene that pissed me off when I watched it, and it's when I think it's a uh, one of the characters is talking to Michael Caine. And while he's explaining something to the character, and it's an incredibly like big moment in the film, the score, Hans Zimmer's score, just keeps raising in the background. <laughs> it just keeps rising. And then eventually you can't hear Michael Caine talking, but it's yeah. still a fucking, it's a shot of his face talking. And there's, mmm, and yeah. he's talking, and it's horrible. I heard Tenet does that the whole fucking movie. I heard that you can't hear important parts of dialogue because there's so much chaos in That's the background. That's
1: kind of like one of his things, because he did it with Bane, if you think about it. You can't understand a goddamn yeah, what Bane Yeah, the
0: opening scene in The Dark Knight Rises, it's really hard to know what's going on. The first
1: time I saw it, I had no idea. I was like, what's happening? What is he saying?
0: It was a cool stunt, yeah. jumping out of the plane. But I agree, yeah. I didn't know what the plot was about yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like he's kind of just bought into, like, I'm weird, I'm going to make all these non-linear things. Like, dude, just make a good movie. Just, just focus and he can on do that. it.
0: We know he can do it yeah, too. Just, just focus
1: yeah. on that. I feel like Inception's great. I love Inception.
0: Uh, Inception, The I Dark Knight,
1: was, The Dark Knight Rises, and The Prestige that. before that. Yeah, I do like The Prestige. So,
0: Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises as a run was fucking flawless.
1: Yes. Yeah, sometimes you just get people in a and group. And you hit and
0: Interstellar, just, and then yeah. it gets a little bit experimental. I know Dunkirk. I know some people who go to bat for it hard, and I know other people who can't stand it at all.
1: Yeah. I didn't like Dunkirk. I'm a huge World War Two movie fan. Like that's one of my all time like favorite genres, and it was just so discombobulated. Like there's parts of the movie that happen at the end, but it's in the middle of the movie, and there's parts of things that happen, and it's just there's nothing is in order. And I don't understand the need for telling a non like you. I think you've said that he wanted to try to convey
0: the discombobulation of being in a situation. Yeah,
1: but I'm in a movie theater. I want to just watch this movie.
0: I agree, and I think that. He's such a film purist that it's the wrong generation for him right now. Yeah, And that's the sad thing, is it seems like he maybe would have fit in a little bit better 40 years ago, and he maybe would have been viewed in a higher light with some of those experiments. Because Christopher Nolan, I know some people who in the film community view him like the second coming of Christ. Yeah, But I also know Steven Spielberg is somebody that my grandparents know. Martin Scorsese is somebody that my grandparents know. They don't know who the fuck Christopher Nolan is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So while he has established himself as the king in Hollywood, it doesn't mean what it used to anymore.
1: I've always thought that to me is that's the pinnacle, is when you can reach everybody. Exactly. Is when you can get kids, adults, elderly, teenagers, when you can get everybody with your art or your story, that's when you've hit the pinnacle. So that's like Steven Spielberg. Yeah. His movies can hit anybody.
0: Best example in the history of Hollywood because he's the guy who did E.T. and he's the guy who did Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. And that's a wide spectrum of filmmaking. And Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same if year. Do
1: I know my second favorite movie is Jurassic Park?
0: All time? Yeah. I think that's a good choice. I love yeah. Jurassic Park too. I was
1: like I said, I was young when that one came out and it's yeah. it's always stuck with me.
0: That's another one too that is such a good movie. I always like I fall for it every time I watch it. And I'm like, I'll watch the next two too. And I, n- I don't like either of those movies at I all. I like The Lost World. I know a lot of people do yeah. as well. I just, there are parts of it in there that I think are so fucking goofy. It's definitely
1: not as good as the first one. Exactly. The but the first one, the message of it is so beautiful. Yeah. And so relevant today, especially to the thought of unchecked science, of just allowing these people to do whatever they want without any oversight. I mean, that to me is like a chilling tale. You can't do these things.
0: But when you spare no expense.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you packaged it, you slapped a, a logo on it, yeah. now you're selling it, you're selling uh,
0: it. Now there are dinosaurs. Yep. then the last one that I'll end with here, and this is a little bit less of a, a film question, but I wanted you to give your take on it. When we did an episode of Sacred Time not too long ago, we put Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger in a triple threat match, and you sent me a text message saying that uh, it's a pretty simple choice. Yeah. So I'm going to let you play that scenario out real quick, and then we'll, we'll call it a day.
1: Michael Myers is my favorite. But Jason Voorhees is an undead zombie. Like, especially if you're going post six Jason, when he gets electrocuted out of the grave. I mean, he's just a killing machine. So he's just going to pick up Michael Myers. going to snip because he got no powers. He's just a creepy dude. who jerks off. So he's just <laughs> that is true. Him. He does a lot of jerking yeah. off. So he's just going to, th- I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, Freddy, where does Freddy fit into it? But he already beat Freddy. He, he cut did. His head he, I know. So, I mean, I don't even have to defend that. <laughs> So I just feel like Michael Myers has no powers. How are you going to beat Jason?
0: I understand. I understand.
1: Like, I like Michael better. He's creepier, but Jason in a fight, no way.
0: That's fair enough. I appreciate you coming on here with me today.
1: It has been a pleasure.
0: I look forward to having you back on. Let's talk will, about some random shit.
1: I will always be on whenever available. So.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate that.